welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson, and I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller-Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald. Susan, how are you? I'm I'm great. We're getting we're getting close, very close, very very close. Um, by the next time we talk to you guys, there will be a couple spring practices in the books. Uh, Miami will have played Florida Florida three times in baseball. Um, yep. No, probably the women's basketball teams tournament fate is there. They're playing right now as we're talking in a big ACC tournament game. Uh, busy time as we mentioned last week around the athletic department and. Kind of feels like it's going to be busy times all the time with, with Mario Cristobal in charge because uh, he has been uh, nonstop. We've joked a lot of times about his Cuban coffee intake and the various ways that he has just kept his motor running uh, basically since he took over uh, on the job on December 6th. Really, like, there has not been a day that's gone by. It feels like where there's not been some tidbit of, like, Miami news or rumor or something, whether it's, it's- – obviously for a while coaching hires um i just missed mario i guess here in lakeland where he he spoke at uh lake gibson's uh football banquet on tuesday i'm up in lakeland now covering high school basketball state championships um that was a a nice little opportunity to get in front of five-star cornerback cormani mclean and then uh as we're talking today it's it's thursday uh evening um it sounds like that staff is complete uh, a couple, oh, one could higher um, uh, on the 10 the man coaching staff. Um, sounds like Stephen Field, as we've kind of assumed and heard for a while, is going to remain on as the tight ends coach. Uh, but the biggest news of the day, actually, is, is that off the field stuff, where the off the field staff, I should say, where Mario Cristobal is, and you and uh, our Barry Jackson confirmed this day, bringing in Jason Taylor into an off the field role. Obviously, uh, a pro football hall of famer, Dolphins legend, um, and also a guy who has gained a really good reputation as actually a football coach as a defensive coordinator. First, the defensive ends slash linebackers coach at St. Thomas Aquinas, where he developed a lot of you know five-star type players. Um, mm-hmm. And now the defensive coordinator there, where they've won three state championships in a row with, with him as a big part of that. Um, I mean, Mario, it's we, we talked about the star-studded nature of the staff last week after they hired Charlie strong and um, they have since added probably the biggest individual name uh, to this coaching staff, even if he's not going to be on the field coaching defensive ends or whatever. Um, Having him on staff is that is another big, you know, we talked about the effect Ed Reed has on recruiting some of these safeties. Uh, I mean, Jason Taylor is going to help recruiting defensive ends certainly. And, and like I said, he's a good football coach, too. It's not like he's just a name, not just a, exactly. a figurehead. Exactly. I mean, it's just amazing, right? It just Mario just keeps pulling it off. I mean, uh, we knew they had been talking for a while, uh, Mario and Jason Taylor. Yeah. And I mean, J- Jason Taylor, uh, he definitely, I'm sure if he wanted an on-field role, he would have yeah. gotten but uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think he needs that. You know, I don't think it, he probably has a lot of responsibilities. He has a couple of kids in college now who play football. He has a brand new baby that was a little boy who was born in August. Um, and um, I think he still has a daughter in high school, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and wow, actually, I didn't even put that in the story. I don't think. Uh-oh. 
Anyway, <laughs> I, I might have to go back in there. Um, anyway, he, um, you know, he could do, I mean, it, I guess doing an on, having an on off field responsibility uh, gives him a little more freedom, right. I guess. Say, right. And, and still he could do a lot and then he doesn't have to go out recruiting per se um, in that way. And, and he could still do a lot. And if this uh, young man was 37 years old, if this uh, um, other, other man, um, Rod Wright is. Yeah. New defensive end yeah. Yeah. Um, then um, that, you know, Football Scoop reported first that he's finalized the deal. Um, he's supposed to be a really good recruiter. And I, it's funny, I talked to a few people who never heard of him as far as the Dolphins go. Um, I mean, supposedly he played with the Dolphins from 2006 through 2008. He was drafted in the seventh round by the Dolphins, a defensive end. And he was a star or a very good player, put it that way, at Texas, University of Texas. He's from Houston. Um uh, I mean that, and it, it kind of makes sense. I guess I bet you he knows Jason Taylor. You would figure, and maybe you know. I guess they they work together. If he's a defensive end, uh, another pass rushing specialist like Jason Taylor, um, that would that would signify that if if this they work out a deal, and if it's true, that would signify that the coaching staff is complete, yeah. right? And um, and if. Uh, if Stephen Field stays on as tight ends coach, which it seems like now, it's it's it seems like he's going to, um, then uh, then that's that's that. um, yeah. But it might he still might. There's still the possibility that that could change. By the way, oh well, yeah, things could always. Just, change. I'm just saying yeah. you know, the tight ends coach. Sorry, I paused a little bit because I'm looking at my phone. I have like sources texting me um, that there's, there's, there's still that possibility about Stephen Field. I'm not, I'm not positive mm-hmm. one way or the other. Um, so anyway, at least we're getting closer, if not at the end yeah. of the process because spring starts Monday. Yeah. Well, they, they basically had to have pretty much finalized right by Monday because spring starts then. And obviously you could have guys fill in or whatever and you right. be down a coach, but ideally you want to know what you're looking like going into spring. So you can really start preparing for the fall. Um, we will do a little spring preview at the end of this uh, episode, but the, the off the field stuff is, well, I guess first with Rod, right. Um, you know, we talked a lot about like the diversity of the staff last week with and, and the age diversity. And Rod Wright's another young guy who is, I guess he's been the co-DC at, at UTSA. I never, when, when it's a co-whatever, I never know exactly how much that responsibility is divided up, right? Is, it, right. is Mario doing that with his entire staff? They're like co-offensive coordinators or whatever or, or well, something like yeah. that. Or, right. um, yeah. Like you never know exactly what, what the – responsibility breakdown is but yeah like you said Rod Wright another young guy on this staff um and uh the you know he could potentially be heading somewhere else you know I'm sure he has aspirations to be a defensive coordinator or whatever somewhere else right like right probably not going to be in Miami forever and we talked about it with Frank Ponce how he's like very nicely positioned to become the offensive coordinator potentially if 
Uh, Josh Gaddis was to leave for a head coaching job in a year or two. Um, now, I, I think the thing with Mario is he's always going to go for the big fish, right? And we've seen right. that this year where, like you said, they're, they're still they're still poking around for tight ends coaches. They're, they're, I'm sure they'd be very happy if Stephen Field was the guy. But like you said, they're, it's not a done deal because what if, you know, I, I don't know who the best tight ends coach in, in the world is, but what if that guy decides he wants to come to Miami? Like Mario is right. never going to settle for, he's, you know, he's never going to rest on his laurels. Um, but they've got a nice, a nice like cavalcade of, of coaches here, both on staff guys who are either young and kind of could like take on a bigger role in the future. If some of these older guys were to retire or leave or whatever, but also the off the field guys like Jason Taylor will in all likelihood probably be a position coach in college somewhere at some point. And um, again, like if like, let's say that Rod Wright left after two years, would that be, would it be time to promote Jason Taylor? Like, would they go for a bigger fish? Who knows, but they've got these options. And we talked about Roland Smith, who is a guy who is one of the most accomplished high school football oh, right. in history. Like, yep. could he be on, you know, could he be the DB? Could he be a DB's coach one day? Demarcus Van Dyke, who was just seemed like a pretty good cornerbacks coach um, in his first season ever as a position coach at the D1 level last year is going to be in an off the field role in the recruiting office or something. We don't know exactly what his position is like, you know, in, in two or three years from now, could he be back on staff? Like they've got a, a, a nice, nice wealth of like backups, basically backup coaches. Um, and again, Mario is always, it seems like going to go for the big swing. Um, but he's also got a nice, a nice group of guys to fall back on. Uh, yeah, the big thing, David, he's, he's, he's going for the big swings and also the big staff. So, I mean, right. well, that's the other thing. Yeah. The staff is going to be gigantic. Yeah. It's going to be really big. And I think if DeMarcus Van Dyke uh, is, will be, uh, will be doing more than recruiting. He's going to yeah. be, he's going to be more a DB analyst kind of thing, whatever they call it off. He's just going to be off the field. I think Mario's adding a lot of, a lot of like firepower off the field too, as far as coaching. Oh well, yeah. You see some of these like performance, like coaches and stuff. Like he's, he's got all these guys. Like, I mean, it was one of the biggest things we talked about when Mario got hired is, you know, it's been the, the, the through line, I think through the entire last three months here is the money they're spending. And we knew Mario came here with the knowledge that this school was going to spend a lot of money on football and, and lets you build a big staff like that. Yeah. I mean, and it's just going to be, I, I don't, I don't think they're going to be, I, I waffle on this from time to time, but as far as too many, too many cooks in the kitchen, yeah. cliche, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I think probably can only help. Right. If right. Well, I mean, most of the best it. schools have these giants like Miami staff right. before was really small. Like if you went and looked at like on the Miami, like athletics page, I don't know if it's still up from last season, like just the list of coaches, like what, there were like four guys in the recruiting office. Like that's like, it has to be, I mean, not maybe not in the ACC, but like compared to sec schools and Clemson and Florida state, like, it's pretty small. Um, and we've seen, you know, the strength staff seems bigger. They've added a bunch of positions, like I said. Um, and, you know, like we don't know what Roland Smith's job is going to be or what Jason Taylor's job is going to be or, you know, 
they've got a lot of these extra just analysts or whatever they're going to call them that, you know, last year, really the only one was Bob Shoup, right? Like it was all young guys, like either GAs or like quality control guys. And then like Bob Shoup was, what do they call him? Like a senior analyst or something like that. Um, right. I guess Todd Stroud was kind of also in that role where he yeah. was like assistant to the head coach, but like they're beefing that area up where you just got extra, extra eyeballs on everything. And the too many cooks thing you talk about, um, well, we've, we've talked about a lot, just how strong of a personality Mario is like right. that. That's how it works. Right. Is if he can really command the respect and create this singular vision. And right now he certainly has it. Um, and if he wins, he'll have it. And if he doesn't, then, then yeah, maybe there's, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Like you said, you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, um, let's move on to a little bit of a spring football preview here. Uh, practice gets started Monday. We don't really know a ton of specific details yet in terms of what we're going to get to see, when right. who we're going to get to talk to, all of that kind of stuff. But um, it's, I mean, obviously, any any new coach's first spring is a big deal, right? Like, the, you've got that feeling, right, going into this that, um, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if – how much we can learn from a spring, especially if all we see is a spring game. Again, we don't know exactly, but uh, feels like we're going to, we're going to get a pretty good idea of at least like how this, this thing will run um, in these next few weeks. So I've I've laid out five, the five biggest questions I have going into spring. um, And the first one starts there. And that is just like, how much different will the attitude and the energy of this program be? Um, you know, it's like a not quantifiable thing, but like you go out and watch practice and, you know, the, you know. yeah, like it takes on the personality of the coach and all that kind of stuff. And sure um, I mean, Mario is a different personality than a lot of the recent coaches that Miami has had here. Um, and it's going to be, you know, pretty evident, I think, early on of how the team responds to that. Oh, I, I think that's going to be the biggest thing. We, yeah. you said, David, we know nothing. We have not been. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. It's amazing. People are calling each other and saying, do you know when practices? Do you know when practices? Are we, do we, whatever? And uh, nobody really knows. I mean, we know the days. We do know the days. And we know the spring game will be we know, we think, in Fort Lauderdale. Exactly. We think it's practices, are you know, are 
most likely will be in the morning. They usually sure. are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we don't know what we are going to see yeah. to be able to report to people. And I know that, uh, I, I'm, I'm sure we're not going to get access every day. There's no doubt. No, but, I don't think we've ever gotten that, at least not in my. No. Well, we used to, but. Oh, yeah, well, you used to. Yeah. But, but when we go out there, it's, it, it, I, I think we're all going to be like, what? It's going to be really uh, uh, energized in a way that we have never seen. I, I'm right. I'm sure of that. Energized and intent. Like, I'm, are you expect? I mean, it's different in the spring than in the season, right? The spring is always a little looser, right? It's, you're not yes. gearing up for a game, but like the, the level of intensity that Mario like puts forth has to rub off on the team and. I, I mean, not to say that the previous practices were like unstructured or people were undisciplined or anything like that. Um, right. But that's, that's the stuff I'm interested to see if that's like, if that, again, it's not really necessarily something you can measure, but like the feeling of how a Mario Cristobal practice runs compared to a Manny Diaz practice or a Mark Rick practice. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, it will be, I understand exactly what you're saying and I agree. But it, it, I think the first and foremost, it, there will be some kind of like uh, electricity. Yeah, in well, it's the new co- new coach smell, right? It, like we're just, yeah, it'll, the first practice it, of the new coach is always going to be like that. I think I think Mario. I, I I'm interested to see Mario where if he like goes from station to station because he likes he kind of co- helps coach the offensive line. Yeah. So. Um, but I have a feeling he'll be walking around. Yeah, I think especially in the spring, he's still evaluating, right? Like he's still trying to figure out exactly what he has with this roster. So I, I, I would think yeah. he is going to be pretty hands-off at least to start the spring. Um, during the season, like you said, he's a, an offensive line. Like they, he, he's kind of like an assistant offensive line coach in addition to being the head coach. Yeah. And, but I, 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 but I think I, in the I, spring, I, I think you're right. It's going to be a lot more observing and, tone setting culture setting kind of stuff then yeah him getting in there and doing like teaching and technical stuff i don't know i could see him getting in there and being i could see mario being mario being super hyper and um and they will i i could see him being super organized like i i'm not sure how it went in oregon um but uh you know how he'll how he'll change things up but there you're right. There will be uh, additions to the format they have. I don't think. I don't think he wants to be the same. You know. I think he, yeah. he wants to kind of change everything up. Yeah. So, I mean, every every if you ever like any football practice, there are going to be things that like feel similar everywhere. But yeah, he's going to put his stamp on it, and they're going to do different drills, obviously, and maybe maybe like a little bit more urgency going from station to good, station or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, and you know, going back to the coach things, there's gonna be a lot of people out there, a lot of coaches out there, a lot of coaches. And you know what else will be interesting? Uh, for if we get out there, uh, is to see is there anybody else that's gonna be on the sideline? You know, with uh, Manny Diaz, there would be you know, the high school kids, yeah, parents uh, were there all the time, parents were there. You know, what will Mario? welcome what will mario yeah. uh, well, well i could see well i'm not sure like back in the day um would always have they'd always have a day for boosters you know mm-hmm. a for this a day for that whatever but i 
I don't know. It's going to be really interesting every day that we get to see. I just hope we get to see a little. Yeah. I think he's going to have some high school kids out there whenever he can, knowing Mario and how much he uh, is emphasizing the recruiting aspect. But, yeah, it's everything's going to be different. Seeing, you know, one of the guys that we would, like, kind of interact with the most out of, like, the coaches of practice was always uh, Andy Vaughn, right? Or not – sorry, not Andy Vaughn. Um, David Feely, like, wandering yeah. around. like and, Always. Um, Aaron Phelps is now going to be the guy in that place. Like, that, that alone is going to be, uh, like – the way that the, the strength coaches like set a tone as well. And, you know, it's going to be really our first, first chance. I'm assuming we're out there first chance to get a sense of what he is like as a, as a coach beyond like this caricature of a jacked guy with a mustache. <laughs> and we'll also find out, are they going, are they going to tell us when the scrimmages are? I mean, we caught, we kind of have an idea, you know, yeah. you're to do, we know the spring game. You're allowed to do another two, you know, uh, scrimmages. Um, will we be told about that? Will we get to see yeah. anything? I don't know. All of it is is uh, is intriguing. Yeah. The, the last thing I would say on that is uh, Mario. You know, some new coaches come in and they're trying to build up goodwill and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't think Mario feels he needs to do that. I think he knows he's got agree. That, um, agree. Parent with <laughs> yep. the expectations that he is bringing that that have risen since he has arrived. Um, I totally, yeah, totally agree on that one. Uh, number two question I had, uh, going through a couple of positional ones, uh, the, the both lines are, are kind of going to be probably the, I was thinking of it, like when I was coming up with these questions, I was like, all right, where are they trying to find new guys? And there were really not a whole lot of positions between some of the vets that got injured. And then obviously a bunch of guys coming back. Um, but right. the two spots where we're going to have to see new starters, um, are the lines on, on offense. Obviously you've got Navon Donaldson uh, has graduated um, and you've got on the defensive line, uh, John Ford is gone. Uh, DeAndre Johnson is gone, Every, right? So, so we, gone. we've got a couple, a couple openings uh, on both sides. And those are also two spots where we've got a lot of transfers. So just in terms of like what I'm interested to see in terms of like what these guys look like is those are the two spots. Um, obviously, I don't know, you know, Jalen Rivers, obviously, I, I'm not sure if he'll be back for spring. Obviously, he, what was it, ACL tear he had pretty early in the season. I would guess he's not going to practice in spring, but you never know. Um, it was pretty early in the season. Um, so those, those, there's a couple spots. Those are the two spots, I think, where you could see massive overhauls. And obviously, especially those are, you know, Mario is going to, like we said, be very hands-on with the offensive line. Um, and those are two spots with like full overhauls in the coaching staff. So there's going to be a lot of, a lot of changes, I think on the, in the trenches. And that's obviously Mario's like priority. It feels like. Yeah. Um, for sure. And the, uh, you know, the, the defensive line is, um, you know, that's, you know, pretty much everybody's gone. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, Nesta Silvera. Yeah, I didn't mention him. Obviously gone. So yeah. you got. I mean, you got Jafari Harvey back. You've got uh, Leonard Taylor and Jordan Miller, and then a bunch of transfers, basically, and and some fresh. You know, Nigel Lee Kelly will he be a factor? We'll get. I'll get to them in, in, in a minute. Him in a minute, but um, yeah, defensive line is like the kind of. It was kind of the same last year in the spring, right? We had no idea what that that position group was going to look like, and it's the same same deal now. True. Now we got we got Jared Harrison Hunt, we got Antonio Tree, um, you know, uh, Jake Lichtenstein. 
Well, yeah, a lot of transfer, a lot of transfers in that room. Um, and then offensive line, I guess Navon's really the only, you know, assuming that Jalen Rivers is going to come back and step into a starting job if he gets healthy, which I would guess, but you never know. Obviously, um, it's mostly that guard spot with Navon gone. Um, Jared Williams, I guess, gone also. So there, there's a lot of right. going to be some moving pieces there. Um, but I still feel a little bit more settled about that spot. But yeah. no, no more to, transfers to there too, right? So, I, I can't even, I'm not going to try to pronounce the Oregon transfer's name, but. Um, oh, 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 right. <laughs> like Sagapulu or something like that. Uh, <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there's some moving pieces there and those are the most heavy, uh, transfer spots for this roster. So, uh, all right. Number three, I've got, uh, the, the one other position group that I feel like is we have got a lot of pieces, but we don't know who the guys are. And that's, um, wide receiver. Is someone going to be that, uh, number one wide receiver because Miami is losing, you know, obviously people are excited Absolutely. about what the freshman did last year. Right. But at the same time, Charleston Rambo had one of the best seasons in Miami history. He is gone. Mike Harley had one of the best careers in Miami history. He is gone. So uh, that, that's a big, quietly a little bit of a question mark. I think people are so high on Tyler Van Dyke and high on those those fret, the, the three amigos, um, what they did last year that I, think, I generally feel good about that group because Tyler's going to elevate everyone. You've obviously got Will Mallory back. We'll, we'll take off some of the load there, but um, you know, you need a number one wide receiver and there, there's no clear cut guy from that group yet. Someone will have to start trying to emerge this spring. Yeah. I mean, you, you're, you've got uh, Jacoby George who, uh, who look good. Keyshawn Smith. Um, yeah. I'd say he's probably he's the front runner, right? To be like the number yeah. one wide receiver. Keisha, yeah, Keyshawn Smith. Yeah, he's the starter returning. Yep. Uh, and then uh, uh, you've you've also got uh, interestingly enough the the transfer, a uh, Clemson transfer wide receiver yeah. Frank Hudson. He's the X factor. He's the X factor. So is Xavier Restrepo. The yeah. X. Yeah, he's the literal X factor. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, it feels like he's been here a million years already, doesn't it? Yeah. Xavier? This will be his third season. So, it's when, you know, he's yeah, getting I don't up know why. Just... Yeah. So, so I think, you know, Keyshawn will probably be in the starting role, in some sort of starting role. Xavier Restrepo is probably the front runner to take Mike Harley's job. For sure. Um, and then I think, you know, the questions are, you know, Jacoby George will push him. Like you said, he was pretty impressive, especially in special teams. How about, how about Romello? Yeah. Romello. So the, that's, I'm looking at the other wide. So Keyshawn Smith is, is one outside guy. And then I think it's going to be between Romello and Frank Ladson on that other outside guy. You know, Frank Ladson was a five-star recruit coming out of South Dade um, and played early at Clemson, but never, you know, Clemson's wide receivers have been a problem the last couple of years. He, they were expecting him to be a, a star and he never quite developed into that. Maybe the return home will help him or just maybe he took, you know, he was, he was very skinny coming out of high school, maybe just taking a little bit longer to develop. So he's the X factor to me. Um, Romello is kind of the most interesting guy to me because I mean, he had the best catch I saw anyone have in college football last year. Right. Um, yep. And then, you know, you got Keyshawn as kind of the steady guy and, and Restrepo too. And then, um, you know, Brashard Smith's not a typical number one wide receiver, but I mean, 
is there's not a whole lot of guys on this team that I'm more excited to watch play football than Richard Smith. And, and also let's not, I don't think, did we mention Mike Redding? Yeah. Mike Redding, obviously he's not played a ton, but another no. guy who was a big recruit when he came out of high school and you know, some guys are late bloomers. You never know. Uh, number four, I got on the list for right number four. Yeah. Four. Um, speaking of the three amigos is like, what do those, that group of impressive freshmen from last year, uh, many of whom were not here for spring last year and did not get that full summer. Uh, and we're, what's, what was the phrase Manny Diaz used to always use? Like, uh, I don't remember, like something about the fire, something, their pants on fire or something. I don't remember what he said, but you know, they were really rushed in and had to, uh, you know, kind of learn on the fly. And a lot of them had good seasons now with that full off, not full off season, but with the winter conditioning program and just the knowledge of what a season in college football likes is like, you know, what is, what are those freshman wide receivers going to look like? What is Leonard Taylor going to look like? Obviously defensive linemen, defensive tackles come in and their bodies change a ton. Um, I think uh, so much better. I mean, what does James Williams look like a guy who didn't, you know, he wasn't on campus. He didn't early enroll. It was awesome. Right. But like, he's such a unique body type. Like uh, those are the two guys specifically Taylor and, and Williams. I'm like, just psyched to see what they look like. Literally just what they look like. Me too. And, and how much better. And, and you're right about you know filling out but i think there's going to be as good as those guys are and cam kinchins yeah i i mean i just think they're they're just going to blow up they're gonna i i don't know i think they're gonna be really good if if james williams can i i again you know they might put james williams at linebacker um we'll we'll see but they i mean kevin Steele, the new defensive coordinator said today that he's He's not going to have some really good play. If one of the best players is standing on the sideline with, with him when he's signaling plays, that's there's something really wrong. Yeah. So he's he is going to get if Avante Williams and I know he's not a, a newcomer, but he kind of yep. is right? because he didn't he was suspended and he didn't play in that many games. The first season he didn't play. If Avante and Cameron Kitchens and James Williams are three of the best defensive players, then they need to be on the field. Yeah. They're going to find a way. I'm, I'm excited to see how how much those guys uh, elevate their game. Yeah. They did it a little bit um, late last season. I remember. I think it was their dime they package. Did. They kind of had James Williams play linebacker in that, you know, is that, that fifth DB or whatever in that package. But, yeah, I mean, you want that to not be a – I think with the – that was like a 20 snaps a game kind of thing. It was like a third down thing, right? Basically right. Um, you want that to be a, um, you know, not every single down obviously, but you want that to be a pretty frequent um, 40, 50 snaps a game uh, package. And, you know, the, the comparison that James Williams has kind of had for a guy who's like, basically was impossible to find a player comparison for, um, the one you heard a lot with him was Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, who was, um, yeah, an all American, like safety linebacker hybrid. And that is, right. that that's the role for, for James Williams. I think that still is, is coming eventually. Um, because, you know, if we'd been in a situation where Avante was not the kind of player that he looks like he is, 
or Cam Kinchins wasn't the kind of player that he looks like he is, then you're like, all right, James Williams is just our strong safety and we'll find another safety to play next to him. But yeah, you, you got this wealth of, of guys in that position. And, you know, James is really insists on like when he came in, like I'm a safety, I'm a free safety. Um, but, you know, as guys get older and more mature and realize positional labels don't mean as much as they used to uh, in uh-huh. modern football, like it would not surprise me if he just keeps moving closer and closer to the box and becomes this like freak hybrid weapon that, you know, everyone wants that. If you, if you have him as your guy in the slot covering tight ends and also blitzing and, and filling gaps in the, in the run game and going sideline to sideline and covering slot receivers sometimes like, and that's all stuff that it sounds like he could probably do. We'll see what he looks like physically um, just in terms of how much more muscle he adds and all that kind of stuff. Like that is a, a weapon like that, you can count on one hand the number of college football teams that have a guy like that. For sure. And I, and I think just like you said, once you get the taste of playing. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All that stuff about, I've got to be a safety. I don't know. Well, I think you realize once you get to college and the defenses are a little bit more complex and, you know, he played for Patrick Sertan, who's now an NFL coach. So it's not like at, at American heritage, he was playing in like, uh, like just a random basic scheme, but you know, you get it to college and you realize that sometimes the safety, a free safety, is way down the field, and sometimes in the box. Like the, the role, like it, it's not a cut and dry thing. Where like, you know, Rashard Smith is a wide receiver, right, quote unquote, but he's a running back half the time too. Like guys, he you know, is right. They are. Like, they're always passing. Yeah, I mean, right, like, yeah. it's that's just football now. As guys move, there's just a lot of yep. motion. You got to be able to move. And James Williams, I think, you know, maybe, uh, maybe they, maybe they get some NFL scouts in his ear who will, will kind of tell him what, what, what's up. And yeah, like, like you said, once you get the taste, I think you, you, you fall in love with those positional labels. It matters a lot more in recruiting when you can like promise a guy, oh, you're going to be a defensive tackle or a defensive end or whatever, and then. You, you, you learn, you, you realize that you're just an 18 year old idiot, basically. <laughs> you just want to be on the field. Yeah, exactly. All right. Um, last one I got is uh, one we always talk about the fr- incoming freshman. And I specifically single out Wesley Besaint when I'm thinking about freshmen who can prove that they are up for immediate playing time. And I don't, tr- I try not to get too excited about the freshman ahead of time because half the time we, get to the first day of spring practice and the coach is like, all these freshmen are out because they've had minor procedures to clean up whatever weird injury. Really with. Um, you know, yeah. they, you know, once you're in college, Miami pays for it. You don't have to pay for it by yourself. Um, so a lot of guys get to college and they get an e-scope or whatever, you know, they clean up these little things, but um, Wesley Besaint's like the one guy who's like, I think he's got like the maturity in a way that, the best freshmen do guys like Cam Kinchins and, and James Williams. I think he's got the obviously physical like tools. He looks pretty close to a college football linebacker already. And obviously he's been on campus now for about a month. So probably even a little bit in better shape now. And he's obviously comes in at a major position of need. So he's, he's the one freshman I'm most excited to see. Um, is there uh, any others who have piqued your interest of the guys who are going to be on campus um well uh 
Let me pull up the list again. Of Kelly, is Nigel Kelly? Yeah, Kelly's there. So he's the other one who's just pretty interesting. And Cyrus yeah. Moss. But Cyrus Moss is so skinny that I think it's going to take some time with him. Yeah, Cyrus Moss really is. But um, oh, wait, looks kind of Jason Taylor-ish. Yeah, right, right. But I mean, Nigel is, I, mean, I think he's like 6'4", 240. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, he's skinnier than that. I don't know, but um he's um he he was a dominant pass rusher right yeah, he's awesome so, and, and that's another one i hadn't thought about it but yeah you're right that's also a major position of me the defensive end spot yeah uh, and that's one and in. that's yeah and that's one that freshmen can go in there yeah because if you can just be on the field I, for 10 snaps a game and they say go as hard as you can that makes a big difference on the defensive line Right, and they fill out effort. A little- effort, effort can like get you a long way. Uh, that true, position. true, true. Um, and uh, well, no, I mean Jaleel Skinner. They have so many tight ends now. Yeah, so, he's also uh, really skinny. Yeah, right, right. He really skin, actually super skinny. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, though, I mean, there's always going to be guys. I I think you're right about the same. God, they need help at linebacker. So, mm-hmm. um, and it's the one spot they didn't like. You know, we talk about defensive line, and again, it, like would not surprise me if Nigel e. Kelly is playing 15 snaps a game or whatever this season. But they did load up on transfers there. Um, like, there's a lot of veterans in that room, even though they lost a lot from last year. Um, they did not do that at linebacker really, where they were just like, you know, they're, they're really like, we got our, we got to trust our guys here. And then hopefully Wesley Bissett hits basically. What about, uh, what about Jakari, your boy? Yeah. I'm excited to, to see him also. Yeah. Uh, the freshman quarterbacks are fun to watch because like, first of all, where we are usually positioned on the field is like usually very good view of the quarterbacks. Um, but then also like, you know, <laughs> They're, uh, they're, they're an easy, like they get to do in drills individually, right? Like they get to do like one-on-ones individually in a way that like linemen are doing group drills or whatever. And wide receivers are, um, you know, in seven on seven, like they're not the spotlight. Like it's the same, you know, it's the same with quarterbacks just generally, like they're front and center spotlight, everything's eyes on them. Obviously we're not going to probably get to see his, his athleticism in a way that we will maybe in the spring game, but you know, he's big. Like, I'm really curious, like, what he looks like in person. He is big, and we'll, we, you know, we'll we'll see him throw. We'll we'll get an idea. Yeah. Uh, I I uh, also I, Jake Garcia. Yeah. I, he might be. He I don't know if he's fully healed. So um, his ankle. He might still be rehabbing a little bit. His ankle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we might not see as much of him as we would have liked. I'm not sure. And also there, there always ends up, like you said, they're not, not just the incoming guys, Yeah, but everybody, there always ends up to be a big list of guys who had to get surgery or are still rehabbing. Or- yeah. I mean, like think of how many guys were like banged up at the end of last year. Yeah, half of, I mean, and, and we never know about it. Yeah. Like we knew like what well, we knew like Tyreek Stevenson probably wasn't going to play in the bowl game. Like, you know, there's all like these things that like they, they could keep going. They, those are things that could linger into the season, especially if they decide to have surgery or whatever. So 
yeah, it'll be uh, it's it's always a little disappointing when you get that list, but I'm a, hey, David, I'm also uh, kind of kind of interested to see Trevante Citizen, um, even though it's a well, he's know, he's the, not on campus yet. Oh, you're right for spring. That's gonna yeah. be fall. Oh well. I'm yeah, still so we're missing him. We're missing the linemen, Cooper and McCoy and Moten, right. the, the big guys. Um, but I think Kamari Rogers is on campus, but he had ACL surgery, so I, I doubt he'll play. Um, so it's mostly it's Moss, Kelly, Skinner, Besaint, Brown, I believe, are the early enrollees who, right, we don't we're who's do not have injuries we are aware of, and no Ahmad Moten. Yeah, Moten was also signed on signing day. So the yeah. big guys, we don't get to see the big guys. That's always tough. The big That's guys okay. that help on campus. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see who we actually do get to see. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully we get to see some good stuff next week. Um, hopefully some fans get to see some stuff. You know, they, they usually do a fan day, or at least they did like once. So. Yeah, yeah. And, hopefully we get a look at what this looks like behind the scenes. And, and hopefully they let us, um, you know, they, they let us take some video and stuff. Yeah. I'm not, I don't even know about that. So we'll, we'll, we'll be learning a lot also. Yeah, I'm excited, though. Football is back. Um, there's no baseball, so uh, we need some other stuff. I guess there's Miami baseball. Um, Miami, what are you talking about? I guess this is where, hey, you know, you know who's also really good at baseball this year? The Maryland Terrapins. Oh, that's your team. I've like never, you know, they were terrible my entire childhood. So I did not care about college baseball at all growing up. And then I went to Syracuse where they did not have baseball. Um, so <laughs> Miami has taught me in the last like four years or whatever I've been here to appreciate college baseball. And, and the Terps have gotten better too. And I think they're eight and oh now swept Baylor and Campbell. So I think things are cooking up in college. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, they're, they're top 25 now. So um, I guess it's a good place to wrap it up because you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan because she will be out at Alex Rodriguez Park at Mark Light Stadium at the Milkshake Pit at whatever we're calling it. Um, it's a lot of games. <laughs> Mark uh, Light Shake. For right. all three games of this Miami-Florida series over the weekend. So uh, check out her coverage there, uh, obviously. It's it's going to be crazy, Dave. Yeah, you, you said sold out all three games already, right? It's sold out, and it, it I'm telling you, it's like you have to be there to believe it. For yeah. the this yeah. series, it's it's insane. Okay, yeah, I covered it was right before COVID. I covered that series. I think they got swept, maybe, and lost every game by one run. Um, but yeah, you're they, you're correct. They 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 the, the first two. Two games for extra innings. Yeah, extra innings, and the last one was one run, I think, right? Uh, two two runs, I think. Two runs, okay. Yeah, it yeah. was like but, all really close. So, um, yeah, those are really fun games to go to. So, and they changed. If anyone the, like is listening and has never been to a Miami baseball game, it's, oh, it's awesome. It's easy. It's so, Tickets are cheap. The milkshakes are great. Um, oh, it's so fun. I mean, it is so fun. Every time that they the opponent strikes out, it's you know left. Right, left, yeah. right. So they're walking back to the dugout, and that's the entente. It's just great. Um, they also announced the change in rotation of a ch- the, the starter. They took out Alejandro Rosario, who's really uh, not done well in his uh-huh. two starts. And they put in Palmquist, who was the closer, and now he's starting Friday night. 
Yeah, I, I'm kind of like I, my assumption was that Palmquist was going to be the Friday night starter at some point this year. I did not necessarily yeah. expect it to happen this fast, but he's been good. So, and the other guy just yeah, yeah. they weren't. I thought they might leave him in and I put him on a short leash, leash, but I don't think they want to do that. It's going to be amazing pitching. Yeah, guy. maybe let him let him get going on the the midweek series, right? Like let him, let him throw a couple of those and get on track. Agree. Agree. Um, yeah, so you can follow Susan on Twitter for all that. And obviously spring football next week, practice starting Monday. So there'll, there'll be something that day. We don't know exactly what, hopefully it'll be some videos of James Williams for you. Um, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson too. I'm up in Lakeland right now for state basketball championships. Um, and I will also be around spring practice next week. So hopefully, uh, Hopefully we get to see some good stuff. Hopefully we get to share some good stuff with you. I know people are obviously excited and people get excited when we get to take them behind the scenes a little bit. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to do that next week. Uh, But until then, Susan, I will uh, talk to you later.